Hello, you beautiful human. You're listening to part two of our discussion of the film Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. If you haven't listened to part one yet, bold, gutsy move, mad respect, but part one is really funny. You should check it out. Before I toss you to the theme song, I've got some updates for everybody. A lot has happened pretty quickly since Carl and I got back to the show. For starters, we've got some new patrons, and since I didn't have my list handy when we recorded this episode, I'd like to thank everyone who makes the show and all the tangential art and music that we do possible right now. Thank you so much to Casey Scheibe, John Scheibe, William Rockwood, Daniele Hartelli, it's Daniel Hartley, guys, it's just a bit that I do, Connor Sweeney, David Rowney, Kelly and Mike Wagner, Brian Jackson, Sarah Hartley, who also lets us go down in her basement and make absolutely ungodly amounts of noise with gigantic humming amplifier stacks, so she, she truly is a holy sainted sister Sarah Hartley. Um, uh, thank you to Jeffrey Morgan, Katie Clark, Leslie Ty, Baloney Shoes, Mariah Rosado, and as always, special shout out to Kevin Ramirez holding down FZK on the East Coast. Now let's all take a moment to welcome David Breda, Hunter Watson, and Anthony Ascioni. I'm praying I got that last name right, man. I'm, I don't know. I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm second guessing myself, but I'm just going to let it stand. Um, welcome to the FZK supporter already. It's a sorority of sport (laughs) you guys get it i'm sorry work was nuts this week my brain's just coming back online thank you to our new patrons is what i'm getting at we are glad to have you here can't wait to see what you think of what's coming next speaking of what's coming next turns out is an entertainment and production company uh measuring flicks has gotten big enough that carl and i have to meld into a legal business entity like some sort of hellish cronenbergian monster made of paperwork and money Uh, I've been working on the paperwork for that today, uh, and Carl and I are getting together later tonight to chat structure, charter, finances, and a bunch of other boring but totally necessary stuff that'll lead, with a little luck, to some pretty damn cool audio and video projects this winter and next spring. So, you finally did it. You made us so popular, we transmogrified into soulless capitalists. I hope you're happy, because we certainly are. Lastly, but not leastly, if you're in northern Michigan, Carl and I are going to be back on the radio with Michelle Perez sometime in the next couple of weeks. We're in early November right now. Uh, We're not exactly sure when just yet, but stay tuned on Instagram, at Measuring Flicks, for the date and time as soon as I've got them. 103.5 on the dial, baby. Speaking of Michelle Brings the Madness Perez, we're getting her back into our studio as well to continue the eco-terror series we started a hundred fucking years ago with her. If you want to get ahead before we sit down with her, the next movie we're talking about is 1958's The Blob, which some of you may rightfully argue is actually a science fiction horror film, but dude, it's on the Criterion channel right now, and the restoration is too fucking beautiful not to put in our eyeballs. So... Yeah, gonna have to deal with that. And then we're wrapping up our eco-terror series with the the film that we originally discussed on her radio show that started it all, Food of the Gods. But that's all for now. I'll let you get to the episode. Who knows what's going to happen by next week? Um, This week, it's time to get back to our guy Cage and his pig. Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring flicks And we're back! Okay, that was weird. (laughs) It was kind of weird. 
Um, dude, not not laundry or bread making or dog vet appointments no. can stop us. Can't keep us from the pig. You can't keep a good podcast down. No. You can, for except well, for like two and a half years, and then for a six but month stint. That. But after that. Fucking we're back, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the number of times Not we've that regrouped. we went anywhere. Correct. Absolutely. I'm so excited for like yeah, the, this and the next one, and then maybe four episodes with special guests from Florida. Yeah. Um, so where once we, they dry out we basically i know and like not for like not like not drinking anymore like no from the storm her thing's more like psychedelics which yeah. is just every time i do that or go on her show i'm just like i i don't understand how you're steering the ship i wish i had your yeah, special I ability i, I wish i had it because uh but listener welcome back to our discussion of pig we actually broke at a perfect moment we mm-hmm. left um after the after the underground fight club sequence Basically, that's the start of chapter two. Yes. Someone online pointed out that both Mandy and this film are broken into three, three titled chapter. sections. Yeah, you're right. Um, but we're now into part two, which is Mom's French Toast and Deconstructed Scallops. Um, and this is kind of interesting, actually. So actually, right right before this is where we're after Robin gets the shit beat out of him mm-hmm. in this underground uh, fight club we'll call it Yeah um, He doesn't even Collect money He just wants a name Yep He wants to know Where he's looking Next for his pig And Edgar gives it to him And also there's We didn't mention it But Edgar does not Stop the clock in a minute No he lets that roll A little bit Yeah he gives the guy Like an extra several seconds To ground and pound Robin there's Cause some, he's on the ground He's getting the heavy hit He's getting the uh, The I wanted to destroy I Something fuck, beautiful yep, Fucking exactly. hands are dropping Um and then this is where we get brought back to the Sears robot catalog that is Amir's apartment. That's and right. He lays him down, gives him a bag of ice to pr- press on his face. By the way, still hasn't cleaned up the initial like carnage and blood of no, his first. Still thing. wearing the blood and gross from from getting the night before. Yeah, from taking a door to the head and then getting <clears throat> assaulted as his pig is robbed. Now yeah. he's got he. His bears- pig is stolen. His pig is robbed. Hey pig, give me all your cash. <laughs> Robin, don't don't interrupt. Listen, <laughs> listen, you stay out of this, all right, pig? All right, pig. Fucking empty your pockets. Cough it up. <laughs> Shake it upside down. <laughs> I see cartoons. Honestly, <laughs> those two, cartoon. you could probably you could see like that's why it got roughed up. He's they were got outside, truffles like, on him. Gotta I know be it. Truffles are shaking the pig, and then it's horrible because it, that's why the pig was screaming so loud. They were trying to shake truffles out of his pockets. It didn't exist. <laughs> I'm like one laugh, but also I'm like, but the pig did yeah. die. Like. Basically, then spoilers, pigs don't have. But that's how they kill. They kill him. They're looking for his pig pocket. Yeah. They're... Oh, that was. Oh no. Pig pockets. <laughs> <laughs> um. But so here's here's the first moment. So we've gone through this whole first chapter, oh, and. So cool. um, it's good. Honestly, what I did was I went home. This is disgusting, but I went home. Remember that soup that Bird and I made for you and Danielle? Yeah, the other I night? had the last of it yesterday. Last uh, of it yesterday. The wow. last of it yesterday. Yeah. I went home and drank our leftovers cold, oh. and then ate three pieces of cold chicken. Oh. And then I took Lorna to the vet. Where on her way out, because she doesn't like hard floors, she sp- they gave her back to me, and I set her down to like thank them. And she sprinted at full speed towards the glass door that is the oh way out, God. and leapt off the carpet to jump over the hard floor and. Fucking rocket right oh into God. the glass. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm glad your door's not broken and my dog's not dead. Bye. And then I hey. drove oh right back God. here. What um, adventures we have, dude. Adventures in podcasting. Yeah, man. <laughs> our our co biography. That That's right. right. Uh, I love this moment because this is actually the first moment where where 
Amir actually sees Robin. Mm -hmm. Not just like, wow, you're famous enough that this guy spent like $1,000 to beat the shit out of you, but like, you are, you literally put your physical health and safety on the line to save this, to go and try and save this this pig. And it's that moment that like, that, that word we've talked about on the show before, Sonder, where you realize that other people have lives have and lives exist. and thoughts and dreams yeah. and hopes and things they're ashamed of and like you can see amir see robin for the first time it's it's all honestly kind of beautiful he's lying i i even wrote in my notes lying on the couch in this hotel it's no, not that's his house this is a man not some homeless asshole who fucks his pig which yeah. is literally how he's described by amir um and he sees him but not in not in a macho way but like recognizes that Recognizes I think because especially it, Given his watch and his suit mm-hmm. And his car and his fucking classical music Tapes I think this is a moment Where where Amir Sees that Robin is real With a capital R In yeah. a way that he is not um, This man who's Bloodied looks Homeless is more of a human a hu- More of a human being than you than are he because he Actually has something that he values enough Passionate about and actually has like Some sort of Connection to if you look at him Like the shape he's in Right now you it's not too much of a Top skip and a jump to say This man would die for his This pig oh easily yeah and Amir Can't wrap his head around that and That like fucks with him a little Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we see this Sort of semi comedic scene that we get the Next day when um, Amir is Talking about his parents uh, date Night and tries to cook Rob Cooks Robin breakfast I should say he makes Him french toast but he's also like he's, you know doing the towel at yeah, the, exactly. like the fire alarm, you know. Um, and truly, this scene is so good that I printed I printed the scene so that I, I could it. so that we could read it on the podcast. Do you want to Do you want to go back and do lines back? You and go forth right or? ahead. Okay. Go right ahead. You're like I don't understand the format of how you printed your yep. your cuneiform document. It's all right, and I need to you know have time to prepare and like you yeah, know, you can't just do a read. You I'll read. You come up with like. Thoughtful, insightful, and pithy comments Because that's this is <laughs> So um, They're sitting, basically they're sitting at The like, this island Kitchen area And Feeding they're, breakfast. yeah, he's made, he made him some french toast And burned the shit out of it And hyped himself up in his mirror before he came that's out right. To like, talk to this guy And he, they're just kind of sitting there Quietly And now Amir knows who Robin is because Robin wrote his name on the wall, mm-hmm. and suddenly he was like, "Oh shit! You're, shaboom! You're, you're you're you're." So the way I had to like sort of like in my own head like conceptualize exactly how important this Robin Chef Robin is. Yeah, it'd be like if you took all of the sort of celebrity chefs that you've seen on television, right? Throw them away. Yeah, this is the real version of that. Like it's not a Gordon Ramsay or a he is like. Or a Jacques Pepin. Or Jacques, he, Maybe Jacques Pepin. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty high. But I'm like a Paul Bocuse. Or, Paul, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, he's, but he, you're right. You're exactly right. He is like Paul Bocuse. He's yeah. like that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but, it's, it, but also, he does have a certain celebrity. One thing that stuck out to me is even though this would be before Amir's time. Amir's in like what? His mid-20s, maybe 30s? Yeah. Robin's been gone for 15 years. Yeah, he would have been a kid. He's a, a teenager. teenager. Yeah, yeah, and actually, we—if you do the—if you kind of math out the timeline, it's really not that much after the big. So uh, uh, Darius, Darius, and his wife, who are Amir's parents, have their big meal shortly 
before the period the moment when robin, when leaves. robin leaves so mm-hmm. like all of that shit is like tied closely together in amir's head and that kind of comes out as they sit in silence mm-hmm. and then amir starts to talk and he says and I'm not going to do. I'm not going to try. Right. I'll act, I will all voice act as best I can, given our hectic day. But like, I just know me reading these words, listener, is not going to Go do watch justice. The performance. Holy yeah. shit! But just to give you the content and kind of highlight the writing, because sometimes when we do these shows, it is hard to highlight the script. Oh, absolutely! Without encountering the writing, all you really get is like, wow, how well is the plot? Or we like, or we um, paraphrase, or you know, do our right, best right. to sort of emulate. Or you'll get like one or two good quotes and usually it's funny lines because that's basically what we're always trying to do is make each other laugh. But like you got to highlight the writing in this because it's it is that I won't even say it. I was going to say a 24, but it is that like that subtler knife and the slow burn. It's just such it's masterful writing here. So Amir's sitting there and he goes and I'm not going to do all the super slow pauses too because we got to move a little But You know, like um, he goes, you know, when I was a kid, my parents used to do this date night thing. I mean, not a lot. My dad was really busy. They'd usually come back fighting and screaming at each other, and my mom would get all mopey. But this one night, I remember going to, going to this restaurant, and they they came back, and they were so happy. Like, they were smiling and talking about the food and the wine and really, really, really drunk. They talked about that meal for years, even after the chef, this huge chef, just disappeared. That was your spot. People still talk about it, you know? It's probably the only time I remember my mom, like, and then there's a, a some other thing. And then he, I think he literally just, like, fades out at yeah. that point, and then Robin comes in. And goes What happened to her She's Um she killed herself She was She was never like When you're like that It's just It's gonna happen sooner or later My dad was He was always the tough one In the family So His business is bomb I mean He's not going anywhere anytime soon. He's very, he's very with it. Know what I mean? He's locked in, <laughs> motherfucker. And then he like that's the end. Yeah. He just he wanted to share this thing with yep. Robin, but then Nicholas Cage like puts his silverware down, and they let that this scene sits. They let yeah, people sit, and it yeah. so works because remember who's sitting here: Nicholas Cage and Alex Wolf. Doing the best work that they've done since Mandy and Hereditary, respectively. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, Mandy and yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, there we go. Sorry. They You're gave, good. You're good. They took all that blood from my dog and it gave me that shot, and I was like, "Why are Wait, you doing this to me? Who, You're a vet." Yeah. He was like, "Just lay back." <laughs> you don't do people. <laughs> and he goes, uh, "So Robin goes, we we don't have to care. People first came out here ten thousand years ago. We would have been under." 400 feet of water Every 200 years We get an earthquake right along the coast One's coming up When the shock wave Hits Most of the city will flatten Every bridge will fall into the Willamette So There's nowhere to go Even if we could 
anyone who survived that anyone who survives that's just waiting yeah five minutes later they'll look up and they'll see a wave 10 stories high and then all this everyone it's all gonna be at the bottom of the ocean again mm-hmm you should use stale bread for French toast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just like, and that's just like stupid idiot Max reading words. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when you when you've are got in Cage that fucking in that scene, yeah. it's unbelievable. And I want to, I want to parse a little bit of that, which is like Amir is dealing, I, I'm sorry, Amir is not dealing no. with what has happened. You know, the fact that in his monologue to to robin he laughs a couple of times he lies at least once Mm -hmm. this is a guy who's not looking at his life when he's in the mirror and he's hyping himself up you're the king of the fucking jungle he's he's you're not you're you're not not the king of the jungle man like you're lying to yourself just your apartment is a lie your car is a lie at like you this is you are so well, and that's what robin williams is echoing in the scene when he monologues robin williams that, sorry it's robin <laughs> yeah robin wow yeah Nicholas but there's, there's but like some it's that level, similarities man. there well like that's a freudian slip but a lot of this is like you know what is real what is the truth of someone's life and what actually matters at the end of it like every 200 years an earthquake rips along the coast and all yeah. of this is underwater yeah those who survive are not really even alive for any more than five more minutes before they're. Yeah, it's like if you survive, on, you're if you survive the quake, you're waiting. Yeah. Pause yeah. and like, oh no, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, but that's like, that's a whole. That's he's as fake as and uncertain as Amir is, and and he is. I, don't know, I keep wanting to say Robin Williams, but Robin is is echoing that back. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter what. And we see that in the next in the following scene. Echo it again at Derek's at place. Derek's place. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, like none of this matters. Like even the and I think at some point he's actually kind of talking to himself too. Like he's on this quest for this pig. I mean, finds it. You're in. You're part of that whole group of people that doesn't matter either. At the end of the day, you're going to be washed under the ocean. Absolutely. And he's very much. But he is different in that he is aware of that and has sort of accepted it at some point. But it still is hanging on to. We're trying to hang on to what it means to be human and to feel and to uh, love something. Yeah, that's right there. I because I think there's another layer to this, right? Which is when on second watch, knowing what you know, especially when we get that's to picking why this out movie the wine, needs a, needs a second watch. It's worth because, it. It yeah. it's it's not not entertaining the second time. It's better. It's not the like second watching time. something like Memento the second time. You're like, oh, I get it. It starts with like. How cool is it to watch it again? Knowing it's knowing who he is from the beginning. Yes, the performances are so genius that they read differently. Mm-hmm. The more information that you have, and having seen Amir go and get the bottle of wine, yeah, that the, bizarrely, like it's not even knowing the pig is dead. That is like the the key that unlocks no. the movie. It's seeing where Robin's wine collection is, in, where his wife is resting. It's where his wife is resting. It's fucked up, yeah, man. The way you said that, like almost, almost. Oh, it'll, I'll, I I'll probably, I'll cry by the end. But like, it's all good. there's this thing, man, in his monologue where after you've seen this movie the first time, because remember, this is all ostensibly about the pig. But rem- yep. but he's not saying when at the end when he goes, if I hadn't gone. 
because we don't know the circumstances of his wife's death. No. So when he's leaning against the car and he says to Amir, out of context, if I hadn't gone looking for her, she would still be alive in my mind. Who is he talking about? Exactly. When he talks about this, dude, like this, if you just put these words in verse form and gave it to like a romantic poet or like, yeah. this is not about an earthquake. You know what I mean? No, like, it's about the... We, one's coming up and when the shock wave hits, most of the city will flatten. Not just be knocked flat and turned to rubble. Flat although head. that too, dude, like it will flatten out. The world will lose depth. When this calamity hits the shock of it will flatten your world so that everything is cardboard people and cutouts and you need to run because you're disgusting mm-hmm. but but it gets even better you know like yes you're he's left in the rubble of the world after he loses his wife every bridge will fall into the willamette at all of the his connection to the mainland the, mainland, the, the real the world every world yeah all of his ties all of your ties once when you lose somebody like that the bridges fucking all your bridges collapse and how do you ever find your way back to the city and why would you want to it's flattened anyway and at the end of that even so there's nowhere to go even if we could anyone who survives that's just waiting which is what he's doing on the the woods he's just cabin he's marking his life out until he can until he dies until he dies because he's got he in his mind at this moment in this movie and i do believe there's i do believe that the end of this movie shows a really beautiful redemptive arc because it's not like like i said at the beginning Mm -hmm. we don't get the he shaves his beard and opens up his restaurant hestia too doesn't find his chef's roll underneath his cot and like pull it out yeah Yeah, he doesn't break the basement with the concrete mallet and pull up the gold coins in the chef's coat no man he goes back out to his cabin but he washes his face in the creek. Yep. And like five minutes later, they'll look up and they'll see a wave 10 stories high. You, your wife died and your whole world was destroyed. And you're like, what the fuck? And then you turn and look and here comes your grief. Yep. And it's 10 stories high and you're going to drown. Yep. And then all this, everyone, it's all going to be at the bottom of the ocean. And then at the end, and I think this is really amazing mm. writing too. You should use stale bread for French toast. If he doesn't care at all about this guy or about the world. He's not going to add that little. Why does he say that? Mm-hmm. We then first viewing, it's like it's a funny little bit of writing where this huge right. heavy bit of thing and then, and you should use dry toast. You're like, oh, chuckle. Thank you for tss, like letting a little bit of the pressure out. His dad is in this world. His yeah, dad is in exactly. this world. His dad should have told him that. Yeah. Amir should know this. Yeah. But he's, and then I think Robin is starting to understand more about who Amir is. After that monologue. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, like, by the way, your father, who should have taught you this, never did. You right. should use you dry should use bread for French toast. Stale bread for French yeah. toast. Like, dry bread. Yeah. Dry, stale bread. Dry, <laughs> no, dry white toast. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> two yeah. and two. <laughs> Two whole roast chickens. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but yeah, Jake. Elwood. <laughs> but ser- like, man, like this little scene with two kind of fun little monologues, and honestly, even the first time through, you're like, whoa. Yeah. 
read between the lines you'll never see like i'm telling you i can't i can't think of a movie where Nicolas cage has a monologue better than this one like you know leaving las vegas is such a different animal i don't even want to approach it like leaving because that movie is so different but it is another it's another serious role which is why i always keep grabbing for it because how do what do you do you say like you know his work in fucking you know kick ass which is a brilliant performance but it's a lot of his roles are that Unbearable weight of massive like talent, movie star thing. Stick Men is a little bit of an over the top performance because he's playing a character with such issues. <laughs> this, this is something that's really wow. hard to do. It's easy to, I not easy. Ne, no writing is easy. I'll never take anything away from writers because I, I try to do it all the time and it's yep, fucking it's hard. hard. But quick dialogue, witty dialogue, one liners, two sentences, that is easier for me as a writer to wrap my head mm-hmm. around because that mimics how people talk. I've always had so much respect kind of for like the Sorkin esque dialogue. Yes, that sort of stuff. which is that's a really valuable skill to have. It, mm-hmm. Stephen King calls it the ear. You yeah. know, like the best the best of them is Elmore Leonard. Elmore yes. Leonard, he knows how people fucking talk to each other, and he's able to catch it and put it on the page. So you're you're reading a conversation. The Hammett is even a little bit more elevated than yeah, think, yeah yeah. I think a lot of the theater guys, yeah, a lot of like the stage play writers. They there's a little bit of stiltedness. There's a little bit of presentation. Actually, I was just thinking about this the other day because I was thinking about um, some you and I now that we can hang out face to face again and start working on some like projects outside of this again. We're going to focus on the podcast for at least the next month, really get that groove going again. But we are thinking about shooting some shorts, shooting some film projects. And one thing I was thinking was um, one thing that I they even told me this in college and when I was like grabbing people from the theater department to go and shoot in a movie, mm-hmm. there's always like a couple, a couple takes or a couple days where you have to like recalibrate the stage actors to film. Yeah. It's yeah, a, it's it a is a completely different yeah. kind of acting. Fucks me up. You've done this. Yeah. Back and forth. It's like, yeah. Going from film to stage is, is same damn thing. Just you're swimming upstream. Exactly. And I, There's it's it's like a a refinement you're looking for on stage you have to be bigger or not bigger but like more expressive so that the people who are far further back can still read the gesture read the facial Mm -hmm. expression and the body language but on screen they're not going to catch a subtle tremor of your lower left eyelid correct but on screen they do so that's where like that's where on screen that those are the buttons you have to push and if you're doing these big body gestures doesn't really work and that's one reason why i think monologues don't work on screen as well is because that's not how people really talk no so when you run into a movie that has a monologue someone can't talk for two seconds without being interrupted this is (laughs) this is i just did (laughs) i mean honestly but that's how how people fucking talk you know even like and this is another reason that i like doing this live is we can talk over each other whereas Mm -hmm. when you're doing skype or zoom if you do it cuts the other person's audio and then the conversation's kind of weird because people at home are missing stuff clipped when you hear us when you hear carl and i talk to each other face to face directly into this h4n you can hear us talk over each other you can Mm -hmm. hear the moments where carl's the thing that Carl said sparks my head and then my giant tirade lights up something that Carl's yeah. thinking you can hear two human beings conversing whereas a zo- like zoom is almost more like theatrical now you speak and then now I, I shall speak, speak and then you speak and you lose so fucking much that way I think that writing a monologue is difficult because no humans talk this way if you can write something like this and then find an actor who's so goddamn good that they can do it on screen and it doesn't like start raising you know those like uncanny valley flags where you're like he's been uh, talking a long yeah. time if you can do that 
The only time we get monologues in real life are sermons yeah. and politicians. Essentially, yes. It's the only time you actually Psychiatrist's get... office. Right. You know, like yeah. there's, you got to like sneak them in where they really belong. Yeah. If somebody's just in a regular environment starts monologuing, I'm like, what the fuck is... I honestly think, what do they say? It's Are you like, sick? Are you okay? We were just talking about this. It's the, oh no, Bird and I were just talking about this. The mark of a true painter or, or artist who draws is drawing a perfect hand and hair. Because the articulation, the level of detail and variance, like Bird was pointing out, like, look how many planes of motion oh God, a hand can actually move in. And mm-hmm. you have to catch all of it exactly right or it looks fucked up. If you can nail a hand, you're a master artist. If you are an actor, if you can deliver a monologue on screen and it doesn't trip me up at all, you are a master. Yep. Nicolas Cage is a fucking master. Well, in fact, my favorite monologue of all time is mm-hmm. from Gremlins when uh, she's, <laughs> she's talking about you know, about why she hates fucking Christmas is because her dad came down the chimney dressed as Santa and got stuck, and then they started wondering what the fucking smell was, and they found her dad. Because it, no, I'm being serious. No, the delivery yeah. is yes. perfect because it's being played totally like. Because that movie, Gremlins, you don't know what the fucking tone is. Right. The is dude. it a comedy? Is it a horror movie? I don't know. Suddenly you're in this really weird fucking monologue about why she hates Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And she's giving it like completely earnestly. But it's the most ridiculous fucking thing you've ever heard. Yeah. Her dad died trying to come down, down the chimney, chimney. And they didn't know where he was, lost for days until the smell. And they of find his him. decomp. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, I'm. that one's great. I personally love the opening shot of... Uh, and then the Gremlins too, where she starts monologuing again and they cut her off. <laughs> like, we don't have time for that right I've now. I've never seen Gremlins 2. I've oh seen the first gosh, one. Amazing. She's like, oh no, I hate Easter. If we didn't have, you know, plans, like- <laughs> if we didn't have plans for Christmas already, I would recommend like gremlins ghoulie yeah. like get into that a little bit we already did of course the best christmas ones oh, exorcist yeah. die and black hard christmas and die weapon. hard lethal weapon exactly and black christmas and the exorcist um i love the opening monologue of the libertine johnny mm. depp straight down the barrel like the reason that works is because it's presentational well and like Patton, looking like at george you. c scott in the beginning of Patton. but again that's that's natural because he is a general Fucking 12 o'clock high troops same thing right yeah like what are you what 12, dude, yeah, like yeah. 12 o'clock high is really good. The best monologue I've ever seen on screen, and I would on, I honestly would put it right up there, it's it's equal to this one, is Hesher. Joseph Gordon-Levitt at the end of Hesher speaking at the funeral. I will not give anything away because it's the worst thing to do is to spoil the end of that movie because it's fucking brilliant. The monologue, if you read it on paper, you're laughing out loud. When you, hear Gore, jo, when you watch Joseph wow. Gordon-Levitt deliver it, you are weeping brokenhearted. I'm not even kidding you. I've read the script after, like, I watched the movie and I was sobbing. And when the movie was done, Bird and I were both like completely it's in tears. What it's a comedy can do with with words on the page, completely different when they're filtered through someone's life experience and what they want to bring to the character. Like, yeah, dude. That's why I love this shit, dude. That's why I love this art form, like <laughs> yeah. theater and, and yes. movies, dude. I yeah, just because it is truly collaborative. Yeah, the best script in the world. This is a this is a thing. The best script in the world, best cast in the world, and it can still all fall the fuck apart on you. You know what that made me think of? Hmm. It's like if you ever watched like a behind the scenes um, part of a, of a movie where they will actually have the screenplay going while the scene is going, so you can read what was written yeah. while it's 
what's crazy is like the they could be word for word they're not ad-libbing or adding or taking anything away but reading and listening it kind of fucks your head up because what you're reading feels different than what's being said right but it's just word like perfect. you're saying but yes. it's word perfect and it's just like i just got goosebumps i'm like what is this person doing yeah that is making the meaning of the words that I'm reading along with them. They're elevating. Are elevating fucking. to a point that I couldn't even possibly fucking comprehend. It's my honestly, I think it's one of the, it might be the hardest and most expensive medium, but it might be my favorite medium for exactly that reason. Yeah. It's it's us. You ever read Chinatown? Everyone Fuck. always says Chinatown is the best screenplay ever written. You read it, and on paper, you're like, "This is pretty." That would okay. be a pretty. That'd be a pretty good movie. And I know I hate to bring the guy up because he's such a piece of shit, but you put it in Roman Polanski's hands, and then Jack give it Nicholson. to Jack Nicholson, and you yeah. end up with the maybe the best screenplay ever written. Because those dudes, you got everyone's got to get it. If even one person isn't getting it. Nah, dude, you got a weak link, then and that get, shit falls then you get the apart. Two jakes. <laughs> the two jakes. Let's let's never let's no. never again. Um, so Cage basically wanders off at this point. This is before they go to Eurydice. He yeah. just like wanders off because this is his neighborhood. Yep. This is where his he, old stomping grounds. His old stomping grounds. They're gonna later on today because he does say at one point he's like he has to send Amir off to go and get reservations at Eurydice. Yeah. Because that was you have to get us in. Formerly Hestia, fucking six month wait. I can't just go. It's like you know people. You know who your dad is. You can get us in. Yeah. So you go do that. I and it's good that we split us up for a second because here's another moment where you're like, okay, I got it. I know what the movie's doing now. They're like father and son. We got some buddy buddy like adventure movie vibe going on. Some growth going on for both of them. And then instead, what's going to happen? Is Amir's gonna go and try and get these reservations So he's continuing like the adventure plot And then you have to watch Robin go back to the house that he once lived in Oh he sits on the back porch with the kid that lives there Unbelievable There used to be a persimmon tree here What's a persimmon? It's this orange fruit Looks like a tomato If it's not ripe you can't eat it It tastes awful but if you give it time, it gets rid of these things called tannins. And then they're very good. <laughs> That's, <laughs> it. That's it, bro. Like, there's, uh, there's like... But he just said everything. It's... Talking about a fucking persimmon. There's like... There's like a comedic overtone to it because it's like this gnarly beaten to fuck like bloody guy talking to an eight-year-old talking to an eight-year-old in his own backyard, right? But then there's also the way that it's shot, man. Again, it's the cinematography because they shoot from at least some of it is shot from, from inside, inside the house. Out, yeah. So like, there's multiple layers here. One. Is this kid's mom gonna come out and be like with a shotgun and blow Robin's head off? Cause mm-hmm. who the fuck are you and why are you talking to my eight-year-old, you pedophile? Come yeah. I am. Like, there's that, but there's also who else used to live here? Yeah. You know, like it's that. And remember, he's got his back to us. It's that. Follow me, Eurydice. You know, yeah. like behind him, looking out. You know, like and if he just. It's another thing that used to live in that house that no longer lives there either. Yeah The tree Like it's like Another, another thing, thing that's that gone. used to be alive That's gone Somebody pointed this out online um, That every Basically every character In this movie Has a, a choice One way or the other right. They can either And it, it is the Eurydice choice Which yeah. is Do you look back To see if your hopes And 
to look back at your hopes and dreams and find that they are gone and lost and do you deal with that despair or do you continue to just stare forward and ignore your hopes and dreams and continue to to move forward and live your life and i think which is what we see in the next scene yeah or what we with Eurydice what what we um the conversation oh I have the whole God. I have the whole conversation with oh Derek so we'll we'll hit that up but like makes me want scotch eggs <laughs> dude the, like his little this actor too liver, liver scotch I eggs wish I with a, I wish I could remember this guy's name man he's great the, the guy who plays yeah I, phenomenal. I did not write his name down this is an oversight because the dude who plays Derek absolutely does not like you know like you deserve you to see touch him, the hem you see of him Kate. fucking come apart this is, so this is another thing that someone pointed out in the IMDb credits is the whole de- the theme of Eurydice the restaurant is to is deconstructed dishes. Robin deconstructs, deconstructs Derek. He absolutely. sits down and pulls him to pieces. It's a little on the nose, but it fucking works. It absolutely works because he starts talking about well, Every- the point of this restaurant is we take local ingredients and we deconstruct them, and, and then I'm like, oh my god, let's do it. We're there. That's exactly what fucking Robin is doing to this chef. Yeah, it's he's a lo- he's a local ingredient. He he's is from the area, from the region. Started he's from this as restaurant. a fucking yeah. Started. Got he was fired, a line cook got at fired Hestia. by Robin. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, so he. So they they get into Eurydice, which is the same building that Hest. No, no, I'm different. wrong. It is a different building because Hestia was the now the is now a bakery. Yeah. Okay, I'm completely wrong. But this is like this is Derek's space. This is Eurydice. So he comes into Eurydice. And uh, Robin and Amir sit down. They're waiting for a table. They have a smoked fucking whatever it's bullshit. That, it's that scallop. Okay, so talk about food. I hate this kind of food shit, and I always have. So do I. But you have. I food. like watching the goddamn Netflix shows about that shit, though. I find it kind of fascinating. But like, it's also. But also, like, t- speaking of food porn stuff, like this is. This is Dorja, dude. Yeah. This is the Dorja waiters at the beginning of American Psycho. Like, today we have a deconstructed squid ink omelet tartare farfalla. You know, like, yeah. this is that moment. And honest to God, I would never eat it. I'd never eat at one of these restaurants. No. Because I don't. You couldn't fucking pay me. I don't to, fucking dude. care nope, about that kind of food. It. Don't give a shit. I don't care I about want, it at all. I want, I want scotch grandma's eggs. fucking scotch eggs and shit, dude. Yeah, man. That's what I'm after. I'm with you. But, like, but the movie lover in me. The cinematographer lover in me, the yeah, guy who beautiful. really takes some time with plating. There, there is something to this food, but like the way that they present this is perfect because it's like this is the bullshit, trendy, pretentious, foodie nonsense that gets parodied and pastiched everywhere, everywhere, all the time for a reason. Mm-hmm. And the people who are sitting here eating, they're eating here because this restaurant was hot in this week's edition of blah blah blah, yep. and they have a fucking lot of money. Yep, they like, can blow like. Three hundred dollars a plate on this shit. On this shit, and my favorite part about this is Nicolas Cage reaches. They like present this ski, sea scallop, and it's been smoked. And okay, like there's a local place. I won't name it because honestly, I do like it. Aside from this one drink they do, where they do this this like smoked oh, old I fashioned. I know you do. Yeah, Don't yeah, say yeah. it. But like honestly, I dig the place. They got a fucking awesome happy hour, <laughs> yeah, and their do. drinks are great. Yeah, except great for this one. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost feel like most places have at least one thing like this. Where like, let's go be flashy like at the they table. Feel like they have to. Absolutely, because it's of like this kind of trendy shit. Baked Alaska at the place I used to work at. Yeah. Like nobody <laughs> since 1940 has fucking ordered a baked Alaska. Yeah, like, get out of here. <laughs> get that shit out. Well, you're gonna light meringue on fire table side. Ooh. 
Okay, the one the one dish where I'm I'm okay with it just because it's one of my favorite desserts is bananas foster. Okay, okay, all right, fine. If you're light gonna light my dessert on fire, yes. If point. you're gonna if, okay, if you're gonna light something on fire, make it bananas foster. I'll I'll willingly sit there and watch you torch that shit. Yep. If you're at like a cool sushi place where like the show the is hibachi, part of the thing, like that's. That's, that's its own a whole different thing. thing. Yeah, exactly. But the, if you're just like they come by it honestly, they do, man. Well, okay, if you've got that level of skill, like seriously, for sure. Like I'm, all, I'm cool with like old school service too. You're gonna carve the duck at the table, righteous. I love that. Yeah, Give yeah, it yeah, to absolutely. me. French service is like yes, but if you're like that's totally different we, than this fucking nose in the air. We've taken some fir branches and cold smoked them for a hundred hours, and we're now gonna, we light we're them. gonna fan you mm. with palm, palm fronds. <laughs> it gives you the smell of a sea breeze. We've dipped these palm fronds in salt water so that it replicates this ocean you breeze. You may notice Get under your table is a lukewarm bath of child's yolk. You Put your feet your in it. Feet your, in. It's just like, <laughs> like it's, it's just like at Epstein's island. It shall remind you of when you pissed your pants when you were, were young. young. Yeah, like get the fuck away from me, yeah. and we're leaving. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. How much was the glass of wine? Oh, eighty-five dollars. Well, I guess let's swipe the Amex, <laughs> and I'm fucking leaving. Yeah, dude. It's no. one of those clinky Amex <laughs> cards that weighs forty-five pounds. <laughs> Oh, your Amex isn't even made of stone. You couldn't you have afforded could us anyway. Like, get the out of my plastic face. Plastic Amex, you can't afford. No, this. no, no. Oh, no. Uh-uh. No, unless you got the steel one. What I want is like my dirty roll of cash tips buying me tacos yeah. from a food <laughs> truck. That's all I want. I want to go to the That's Elf Fleet and get some fucking <laughs> yeah, fish baby. takis for like 15 bucks. It's and- been too long. Hey, I haven't been in six months. We got to go. Right. We got to go food truck Because you know soon. what's close to that too. Quinsla? Mm-hmm. Fucking A, brother. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> so- yeah, what we're trying to say is fuck your smoked fuck scallop. Fuck your smoked scallop. But I would, do, I would scallop. do what Robin did though. I would reach over and he pushes he squishes it with his thumb just yep like and it literally is like the caesar like thumbs down that's what he does dude it's it's are you not entertained i am not entertained clearly and you're hoping you're not picking those chinese burps up and you're no dude you're i mean like when you do it straight into the mic there's little i can do it's rough going (laughs) right now i weigh too much dude no such thing i had um crab wangoon with the what was it deconstructed was the cream cheese smeared on your plate and they put currently deconstructing it does that fucking count it absolutely counts i got rice and noodles so i really fucked up look if you spent less than 25 dollars on this disgusting feast then i'm proud of you 30 Okay, all right. Well, but it was DoorDash and extra tip because they still need it. It is a different tip. world. It is a different world. You got to up the bar. I see what you're saying. Um, so, <laughs> Nicholas Kate, they kind of use it as a way for him to talk to Derek. He yes. smushes the scallop. Like he goes, to speak to the chef. I'd like to speak to the chef. And Amir, I love Amir, is like, let me do the talking. And promptly, this like weird, like homeless looking motherfucker covered in blood just like smushes the food and goes, let me speak to the manager, you know? Yep. And they're like, he's like, I mean, you just see Amir like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. I'm never going to try to work again. Oh, my God. I'm never going to work again. My God, it's so incredible, though, because he teaches Amir in this moment, too. He does. And he also, but he also teaches Derek. Yes. Both of them. He does. Everyone he talks to becomes a fucking student. Even... Even the fucking devil. Broader and more metaphorically, I think everyone becomes part of his line. Yeah. Like, there's two kinds of chefs. They all become... Yes, chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, There's the chef... There's chefs like Paul Buca, like Paul Bacuse, and like apparently allegedly like working with Bourdain, and like there's the kind of chef that inspires the line to 
to step up and they will follow that fucking guy yep. into hell and hell is Saturday, Saturday night rush hour. Yeah. You know, like five to eight is that's and hell. yes. Chef means something to them. Absolutely. And then there's the other kind of chef who's like running his restaurant and kind of doesn't give a whole lot of a fuck. And he's like banging the door girls. Yeah. And, barely you know. running his fucking window. Like, yeah. And yeah. like, then like those people, some of them say yes, chef, because they long for the other that, kind of chef yeah. or as like a fuck yourself kind of yeah. like, you know, sarcastic middle finger. You hear a lot more heard in those kitchens yeah. than yes. Heard, chef. heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, this guy's not that. Robin's yeah. a different cat. And I love how long. So like, this guy sits down and he's like, or he's standing for a while, and then he he's Makes like, sense. hey, where's my pig? Where's my pig? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, man, listen, this is part of our concept for our restaurant. And then Amir goes, tell him who you are. Come on, man, tell him, tell him who you are. And that's when Derek sees who he is. Recognizes him through the hair. Can I get a bottle blood. of, let me grab a couple of glasses. We need a bottle of this. What sits down and he's like, do you need medical attention? But he goes, I, I don't know if you remember, but I, I worked at Hestia and Robin turns to him and goes, you were a prep cook for two months. I fired you because you always overcooked the pasta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this guy, you know, this guy, listener, the guy like the, the cackling <laughs> yeah the laugh was like too many, too teeth, many teeth and he doesn't look at there's no mirth in his face he's like his eyes are kind of dead always on like, the verge of an anxiety attack yes. but i feel that i feel him you know what i yeah, mean dude. like oh, i think we all do to some extent in yeah. this modern day but like uh there's they get to like kind of kind of start the nitty-gritty and derek is stonewalling him a bit and this is why i say this movie's like john wick because in John Wick, John Wick would shoot the guy in the kneecap mm-hmm. and get his answer <laughs> and then leave. And Robin does that, but with no guns. Nope. Do you remember when we watched Road to Paloma and we were comparing it to Easy Rider? And I yep. was saying that Road to Paloma is the biker film that we need today. No. Yeah. Like this like Buddhist biker, this this violent guy who had a couple of peak moments of violence, but for the most part is really just this sort of like pacifist trying to help people he's not selling drugs he's not like raping people or like rape adjacent thing like this hippie commune he's a generally principled person and it like dials back all the scumbaggery that's usually associated with bikers and makes it a more spiritual thing this is a tale of revenge where everybody that he takes down is healed for it this these are the this is the person that we need the same kind of precision as john wick absolutely His level of skill is equal, just yeah. in a different direction. Rather than a like merchant of death, he's a merchant of mirth and warmth. And he doesn't cut people down either. It's not like he's insulting Derek. He's like, "What happened to your dream, man? None of this is real." Go ahead, you've got he, it. There. I do. It's he. So Robin, Robin like takes a new tack because he's getting stonewalled, and he says, "What is the concept here, Derek?" Um, well, uh, we're interested in taking local ingredients, uh, native to this region and, uh, and just, uh, deconstructing them, you know, making the, uh, the, the familiar feel foreign, thereby giving us, uh, uh, an even greater appreciation of food as a whole. 
it's the artist statement from every college show from you've every, ever fucking yep, seen exactly. where you're just like what you that's word salad that yep. means nothing means zero sorry i didn't mean to get into no, the, no, d- dude, derail the script but uh, like my you hear that same fucking wife over again for you i bird bird was an art student i got to go to a lot of gallery shows where you'd read like a page of text and you're like you don't you don't know what your art is about at all all right um so sorry thereby giving us uh an even greater appreciation of food as as a whole this is this is the kind of cooking you like it's cutting edge it's it's very exciting exciting uh i mean everybody loves it you like cooking it absolutely Derek, what was it you always used to talk about opening? Wasn't it a pub? Nobody every was a pub. everyone loves it here. It's a this is a huge success. Why didn't you open your pub? I I don't I don't know that I I really wanted uh I mean I mean it's it's such 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 a long time ago when I fired you. I asked you what you wanted to do. See that? Sorry, I'm going to stop you there. Go, go, man. That moment in this whole bit when he says, when I fired you, I asked you what it was you wanted. So it's not like he just fired the, get off my line, fuck it, hit the bricks, you overcooked the pasta. It's not who he is. You get an idea that he pulled Derek aside and said, I have to let you go today, but on your way out, I want to ask you, that. what is it that you want to do? man? There was a moment of mentorship or mentoring that, that he imparted to Derek on his way out. Yes, and there's like almost an implication yeah. of he he didn't fire him so much as release him because he realized this like look clearly is not for you. Yeah, you're working here, but your head's not in it, man. What is it you want? What to is do? it you really want to do? Because you keep overcooking the pasta, right? Yeah. So where is your head at? Like, like you can't work here anymore. But right. talk to me. Dude, it's like it tells you so much about Robin. So, just in that. Yeah. yes, it tells you, it tells you everything you need to know about Robin, like right, right yeah. there. So, when when I fired you, I asked you what you wanted to do. You said you have you said you have a few rooms upstairs, real English pub. <laughs> did I did I say that? So long ago. Yes. Nobody wants a pubs around here. It's a it, it, that's that's a, that's it's a, a terrible investment. What was going to be your signature dish? Liver scotch eggs with honey curry mustard. <laughs> right away, he couldn't even help himself. No man, it was, it was on the tip of his. He wanted to say everything. It. Robin says brings that dream a little bit closer to the surface until it can't even contain. It can't contain it anymore. Robin Fuck. manages to do for everyone else what he can't do for himself. Which is, all these people are just trudging blindly forward, trying not to look back at what they wanted and what their dreams were and what their passions were. And they're trying not to sit with the compromises that they are making and have made and the things that they've lost. They're just going to keep with that anxious laugh on their face or their third shot of scotch in Darius's, Darius's yeah. case. They're just going to keep fucking plodding forward. And Robin's brilliance is he can take... Take that moment and without even without even like forcing you. He, he disarms will, you without you even knowing it. And then he lets he you takes the fucking slide off the top of your nine millimeter and you're like, oh shit, you're a master. Yeah, dude, John, he wicks you, he but wicks like you. but he 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 lets he helps you to mm-hmm. look back and remember who you were while simultaneously being unable himself to recapture to who he was until the very 
very end. Liver scotch eggs with honey curry mustard. And then he laughs like, holy shit. I've never forgotten, you know? Like, yep. And Robin goes, they're not real. You get that, right? None, None of, of it is, is real. real. The critics aren't real. The customers aren't real. Because this isn't real. He points at the, the scallop on the dish, table. Yeah. And he goes, you aren't real. And Derek is like, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> what? Okay. 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 You aren't real, you crazy homeless person. And Robin goes, Derek, why do you care about these people? They don't care about you. None of them. They don't even know you because you haven't shown them. Every day you wake up and there'll be less of you. God damn it. You live your life for them and they don't even see you. You don't even see yourself. We don't get a lot of things to really care about. Derek, who has my pig? It's... And meanwhile, fuck, I can't ever Amir. Amir is sitting there hearing this, and it's like he's speaking right to him too, because he was just he might be butching himself up. I think he's probably talking to both of them. Yeah, he's talking himself up. He's listening to fucking what kind of music should I be listening to <laughs> right. and shit. How can I be more cultured to better impress the clientele that I'm trying to grab? This is that. Amir is the perfect. This might this might be the best movie I've seen in the last decade, dude. Just easy. It is pig, or just in general, like hard stop. I don't know. I need to like fucking throw a. We, you and I, should get together. We should make a list. We of need like, to. We need to do the top. Let's let's be honest and watch these movies again. Yes, and see which where we actually. We, you land. and I need to like, and if we didn't remember it in the moment, then however good it was, mm-hmm. it didn't deserve to be on the list because right. I've got a master list, dude. It's Hereditary, it's Midsummer. Ours are pretty much lined up because I discovered it's all Mandy, this on the show. Right, so. it's with Null and I. Like there yes. are there's a chunk of movies in my head that are like, damn, is that the best one ever? And I mean, honestly, the next movie we talk about has a line about it. It's like that's such a fucking impossible question. I love because in, in that moment, well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, then, of but course. He says, "What's your favorite movie?" And we both are like, "That's an impossible, that's an question. impossible question." And Nick Cage, five seconds. That's an impossible question to answer. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yes. like, there you go. Movie, there it is. dude. Movie people know. Real yeah. movie people know. There is no such thing as your favorite movie. No, it but depends you, on what day it is. I'm feeling. Yes, that's why they're like, I. Sometimes it's a Last Starfighter, and sometimes it's fucking Hereditary. Honestly, and sometimes it's Mandy. I think we should do a two day thing. Where we're like, listen, people, we're gonna screen like these eight movies yep. that Carl and I are like debating about. It's gonna be a weird one because there's gonna be like singing in the rain. There's some fucking strength. Yes. Like, like, what do you do? Do you like, do like, do you do, do you do like do you hereditary, the- hereditary palate cleanser, midsummer palate cleanser? Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, you probably have to because yeah. if you, you know, what would happen is we do the like Batman, we do then- like hereditary, midsummer, and then. Everyone in the audience except like Connor, you and me would like suicide. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? We all jump off a fucking mountain. But I wouldn't die right away, so I have to get a sledgehammer to the head. We gotta make sure we got the wooden the big the wooden big mallet built. Get me the big knife off the wall. Um God damn it. So he goes, so what we Derek Derek gives us our big reveal. It's not a man you want to make mad and or whatever. Which is when yeah. Amir is immediately like Fuck it's my dad. There is legit only one dude that this yep. could be. It's my fucking father. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because uh, Robin picks up on it immediately, too, because he looks at Amir, and Amir's, like, fucking All the sweating. Colors yeah, dude, like, like, fish belly whites, flop sweat, and fucking Robin's, like, I have, something you want to tell me about? I have a feeling Robin pretty much knew going into it who it was. 
But that's not kind of the point of the whole journey of this. It's getting to that moment. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I, I have him reading all my notes, listener, but like... Or maybe he thought for sure it was him, but didn't want it to be, because then he would have to face maybe, this shit. Maybe he knew for a fact that it was, and decided to use this trip as a as moment, a moment to, to, to help Amir. Or to maybe like I don't know, dude. I I don't think the movie supports that read. I, I think I don't know, but it's the the this is the tricky thing about characters. Because how does Amir become? Because there's a there's a whole bunch of story that that we are not aware of in any movie. It's sure. like what happened just before we have eyes on the movie. Right. What happened five minutes before scene one, act one, act one, scene one, right? Right, right. There's always that that we just don't know. We haven't seen the intervening 15 like, years. Like how did fucking Amir come to like buy truffles from him in the woods? Was it Especially because they don't was, talk. They don't talk. And that is just like, how did he find him? How was he there? Had to, because that was a question that I had. If like he'd, if he said, if he left and he went into the woods to be, did he seek Amir out or did Amir f- like hear through the whispering that like there was is, some sort of? I think this is explained because we find when Amir shows up to uh, the truffle lady in the woods, right. she goes, "I don't like buyers out at the site." So he's talked. He knows yeah, they okay. know each other. I bet you he went there because it's the truffle market and heard about crazy guy. You know, there's this crazy guy out Rob. in the woods, right? Rob. Rob. He thinks he's Rob. Yeah. So he heard about Rob up on the mountain, and then he went. And, I'm assuming cut his own one-on-one deal gotcha. as a way to like remove the middleman of this truffle. So he didn't market. have to deal with this farmers market. Yeah, and I'm assuming the, the negotiation was like, give you a truffle for some toilet paper. Like, he right. barely speaks. Um, so we find out that it's Amir's dad and Robin gets pissed and I can't remember exactly where, oh, Robin goes to talk to Amir's dad straight up away. Just goes to his house. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna go get my pig back. I'll catch you later. Like we're done. He actually says to Amir, he's like, we're fucking done. Mm-hmm. This is your dad. Don't ever talk to me again. So that is another. Yeah, that's more evidence where I'm a, like, yeah. I don't think he knew because when he finds out, he's like, he's, Amir, you're dead. Right, to me. right, 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 right. Um, but before we get to see Robin go talk to Darius, we see Amir go to the facility where his mom is being kept on life support. Doesn't even go in the room. Talks. Well, we get a couple. Through the. Yeah. We get a couple instances of him talking to a parent through the door, and it's like, of course, it's a one. It's a liminal space. Mm-hmm. Two. It's a metaphor for his relationship with his parents, which the door to his mom is closed because she's, for all intents and purposes, dead. Yeah, and the door also, he refuses to open the door where his dad is refusing to open the door. So he's like, in that whole parent thing, he re- he's refusing the o- to open the door to engage with his mom, and his dad is refusing to open the door to engage with him. It's yet another instance where Fuck. Amir will not look. Yeah, he really won't look. So he's lying to himself. It's like, you know, he looks. He won't open the door to his mom, and then the nurse goes in, and he's forced to look. Yep. And in a weird way, that's kind of what Robin has been doing. I think that's why the door opens rather than stays closed, is like the floodgates are starting here. Yep. And when he gets to his dad, his de- the first time he talks to his dad through the closed door, nothing happens. The second time he talks to his dad through the closed door, when they've made him dinner, dad, I made you dinner. he opens the door. A mirror mm-hmm. breaches that space. Right. And walks in and you see like the the number of closed doors and 
like lonely moments who's the like the only time we see him talk to a member of his family is himself in a mirror in his house you know what i mean Fuck. like yeah and then he gets that last moment when he gets to his dad and he opens that door that is the start of truly grecian catharsis like from that moment on we are in like a greek tragedy yep but like bizarrely uplifting and hopeful one so this so I wrote down Here's this apex capitalist Who took this pig I don't know if I'd like Seen the news or something But I like Probably. I like the term Apex, apex capitalist. capitalist It's got a ring to it So it's like So This Because what When Robin goes I need my I need my pig back You're gonna give me my pig back He's like I'm gonna send a hundred thousand dollars To your little fucking shack In the woods And you're never gonna Bother me again Because I don't think You fully understand Who I am I've been re- This is Darius talking He's yeah. like I've been Really Really polite to you so far You don't want to see the opposite opposite Of what you're seeing now so Take your money finish your drink leave My house I will never see you again Are we clear goodbye and I wrote down Because at the end of that scene like You think that's the end of the movie Mm -hmm. because you're like Well that's it this this guy took his pig And that's that because rich people People who are rich and connected like this man Is do whatever they want everyone else Just goes with it because they homeless man in the Woods is not going to be able to bring anything To bear on this no dude the Partially it's the fear of the power That wealth represents and also Wanting to get a little piece of that For yourself if you make this man an enemy You're fucked you're done so what do you do Instead you kiss his ass like which is da- what he does, goddammit. Dude, Darius is ulti- Darius is truly like... At the- this is another one, though, and his arc is especially interesting because it's so short. We only see him in the third act. Yep. And you start by hating him more than you can possibly... 12 minutes of screen time at most. Maybe. Yeah. Actually, there's a, a fun little bit of trivia is even though the movie's called Pig, pigs are actually on screen less than 10 minutes of the film. And one of them is Darius. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Like, in a way, capital... Apex pig. <laughs> Capitalist pig. <laughs> Capitalist pig. But, um... Like you start hating this man so fucking much and by the end I think it's to this movie's credit It's like a magic trick dude It is truly a magic trick because I'm crying for him Dude spoilers listener like you cannot By the end of this movie I could not have had more raw feeling for Darius Sympathy Yeah absolutely sympathy empathy and just everything Dude I You end up All the fees You end up like pitying him You want to You want to hug him Yeah That's fucking nuts that's powerful and that's great fucking writing and, and phenomenal acting. Like, phenomenal acting. You hate him so much, but like Adam Arkin just crushes this role. He's so perfect as this guy. So he Robin walks away. He, well, and because t- it works because he's he typically well, has nothing to do with this movie, but he typically plays a very nice, very nice, likable people. Yeah, this is out of like he's playing against type. Yeah, yeah. here, <laughs> but. Well, but that doesn't work all the time. Sure. It's like, sure. why is Dustin Hoffman playing a bad guy? That doesn't fucking work. It's like, well, Robin Williams can pull it off, but it's like, it's like if, uh, it's like Jim when Jim Carrey tries to play a bad guy. It's like, I just can't. Right. But this works because he's not. He hasn't maybe had as much. Like typecasting, typecasting, yeah, 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 or maybe as much broad exposure. Like I've seen him in, I think maybe one or two other That's things, like North, Northern Exposure. Northern exposure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it works though. But I think sometimes that that makes those kind of characters even more um, sort of tragic, or makes them play well. Is when you put someone in that role who does have this sort of kindness to them in their own soul, or they typically play that kind of person because that's what they kind of give to the camera or give to the audience is that like you know so that helps 
a little bit, I think, in the performance of to it. So, to temper your hatred of to, him enough right, that right. you're able to... To let that sort of little wedge in there. Yeah. To let those emotions it's start to... A hell of a performance, dude. Yeah, dude. A hell of a... Cross the board, man. Oh, oh, um, Not cross the board, man. <laughs> you know where... <laughs> That's a river. It's in... near here. It's near where we are, Carl. It's geographical humor. It's the Willamette of northern Michigan. <laughs> I hope not. It's like the whale. Will well, Anna that polluted and horrible? No, there's um, full turds floating down the river. <laughs> and fish rotting. That's actually a beautiful part of nature, but it's kind of fucked up and heinous sometimes. When you mm-hmm. see the salmon, just like zombie salmon, you're like, wow, oh. that's pretty gnar. Um, you're, you're kind of gnarly nature. So, oh man. So what he, Robin goes out and Amir's waiting for him because Amir's gone to visit his mom mm-hmm. and Robin's gone and talked to his dad. Mm-hmm. And now Robin is like... This knows, is you know what he this knows is. What he needs to do. This is the Matrix, dude. This is the Matrix moment of what do you need? Guns, lots, lots of guns. Of gun, but yep. what he says instead is he's like salted baguette, and then it's fucking game time, and he's gonna go to war. Because he knows exactly what he needs from his arsenal: salted baguette, Chateau Margaux, whatever the fuck. Part of me wonders if he needed to see him. Yeah, to know. Because he remembers every person he has ever served and, and every, every meal. meal he's ever served to every person. So maybe he needed, all he needed was to get eyes on this guy and he goes, salted baguette with quail and blah, blah, blah on the yeah. side. And it was the 74 Marmont or whatever, yeah. you know, Chateau Marmont. And like, got it. He just needed to go in and size the guy up so he knew which weapon would pierce his armor, man. Pig is so fucking awesome, people. You don't even understand. I'm telling you, man. Pig is a masterpiece of the highest order. This is like, I know you can't really compare two movies, but like when people talk about Schindler's List and they talk about like Wizard of Oz, these timeless films that deserve Mm -hmm. to stand forever for their brilliance, Pig is on that list. I'm not even shitting you. Yeah, dude. Fucking, he's, what we're about to see is a guy cook I'm gonna here, spoilers. A guy's gonna cook a meal and it's gonna make another guy a little sad. And yeah. that's but all that he's happens. He's also gonna have the guy's son sue for him and show him how to prepare. Yeah, this there's a meal. lot of nuance. I'm just yeah. like if you, I know, if, you I, to, yeah, if I had to if I had to tell you like what's happening. A guy's gonna make another guy a meal, he might cry a little. A guy's gonna cook another guy a dinner and it's gonna break his heart. And you know what? It's gonna break your heart too. I was watching this dude, I was like the second time, the first time I saw Pig, I watched it on a laptop. I should have watched it on the big screen, but it didn't take away a single mot of this thing. And then, of course, I the second the Samurai on my laptop. Yeah, bro. And then the second time I watched it, I watched it on the big screen, and it's even better. But like, I'm crying. I'm fucking crying. He takes the second drink of wine, and uh, there it goes, right there, just yep. down the. F- okay, so Robin gives Amir a list of ingredients. He's like, "Go get this shit." And Amir's like, I can't I get this shit. What are you fucking talking yeah. about? And he goes, go to the people that are on this list. And tell them Robin. Robin sent you. And uh, so Robin himself goes to the restaurant that That's used to be. That's the only piece of it that he picks up himself is a salted baguette from, from his bakery. His, his What used to be his, used restaurant, his restaurant and is and now his a bakery. bakery. Yeah. He makes and it's but it was his baker it, from his restaurant. That then, that's yeah. right. Oh my yeah, his, God. yeah, man, yeah. So it's in a way, it's we've seen him. He what does he do when he goes to the underworld? He confronts the remnants of his old life. Yeah. He we see Robin go to few places. He goes to the underground, which I think is literally like mm-hmm. he's going to the underworld. He goes to the his house his that house. he shared with his wife, and then he goes to Derek's restaurant. Derek's restaurant, and then he goes to his restaurant to talk to his baker because he's talking to his line cook yeah he helps fix this dude but like 
he goes to what was formerly Hestia and he says, do you still make that salted baguette? And she yeah. goes, yeah. Right and he goes, same recipe. And she goes, same recipe. And he goes, can I have, can I get a loaf? She wraps this loaf up for him and gives it to him. And I wrote down, Robin accepts the loaf of salted baguette like a weary knight accepting a magic sword. It was like, yeah. Hands out accepting the like Excalibur for fuck's sake. Until you see it, you will not understand the like, the power of how she presents this loaf of bread to this guy. And bread is a very, like, it's all over, like, religious. There's a very heavy religious context. It's appropriate. I, I mean, baked, a, I baked yeah, a rustic loaf. loaf here today, man. But, like, yeah. we, he, he takes that loaf from her, and she's like, oh, and you've got to try my my little pastries. And he goes, can I have another one for Amir? Because Amir's Amir. in the he car waiting outside. Yep. And she goes, she, this is where she does it, dude. She, like, she puts her hands, she puts her hands behind, behind her, her back, back, stances up, and says, Yes, Bye, chef. Chef. Bye, chef. Bye, chef. Bye, chef. And then she breaks the stance to hug him. And he doesn't hug her back. Nope. And he, she lets him go. And it's the most and he goes, beautiful hug. And he goes, it's a bakery. I like it better this way. And he goes, you put up curtains. And she goes, yeah. And he goes, it's good. It's good. She always wanted curtains. And then he leaves. It's just It's unbelievable, dude. Can't fucking talk about this movie. Anymore. I know. Like, well, now we're in that fucking stupid part of the movie that's like just know, emotional. Like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, what can I look at in my house that I won't? I know. I'm gonna look at Imperial Assault uh, in my Chip Theory Games collection, and I won't cry. I I'm doomed. I don't. I'm, even no matter what I look at, I'm I'm staring at a loaf of bread I baked, and I'm like, I it means something to me. Your old computer, a guitar. Like, sorry about it. Oh man. yeah. Next note. Original art by my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to Amir's dad's house. Again. They're at Darius's mansion. He's upstairs drinking and working in his office. And Robin and Amir go straight to the kitchen and start unpacking the meal. And I wrote down, oh, no, are they making the meal? Sob, 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 sob. <laughs> sure are. And they do. And he has Amir, like, roll up his sleeves. And we get yeah. to watch Robin cook. And you get to watch and Amir help him. Amir how to do. Because here, you know, he can't fucking cook for shit because he's burning French toast. It's So Robin is taking the time to help him cook his dad a meal yeah dude we are having a father we're having a father son this is hard yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes next next note next note i'm just gonna have to read just some, power through it i have dude. to read some of these notes because like they really do give context to yeah. what i'm feeling watching the film for the first time i will i will put in the periods that are in here and you can you can vouch that yep. these periods are there yep how the fuck did this not get a single nom? Yeah. The Academy is a goddamn fucking joke, a fucking shambles. I was so mad. Knowing that this did not get any Oscars, watching the climactic scene of this movie, I'm like, it's bullshit. It's poetry. It's, it's art. This it's is this is like a pinnacle beautiful. moment in cinema history is the cooking of this meal and presenting it to Amir's dad. That sounds fucking crazy if you haven't no. seen this movie. But this is the climax of the movie is them making dinner. The the meal, the cooking and preser- and presenting the meal scene makes John Wick look stupid and infantile. This is among the most beautiful things I've ever seen. That I I absolutely stand by that a hundred percent. I have dude, no that, that I, dude. Amir's the words are. There's nothing I can say that won't sound fucking stupid. There's 
because it's just so beautiful. There is a certain weird element where, like, if you haven't seen the movie, it yeah. just sounds like, like so, two people cook well, a meal. Like, that's but, why I'm, a, I'm struggling because I'm like, there is going to be a group of you out there who have listened and haven't watched the movie yet, which is fine. I'm glad that you're here. Yeah, but it does sound really weird. fucking weird. It sounds weird that, like, dumb. yeah, like we're crying and we're like, and the salted baguette, and then it's a quail, and then there's the wine. And we're not making it sound like if I'm hearing this, I'm like, I'm I'm probably okay if I don't see this. Is it a cooking m- show movie though. Is it some kind of so cooking show? Sounds boring. I know. Me. Like that's why. Like up top, I if the movie truly needs deserves to be watched before the episode, I always try and really stress it because, yeah. like, dude, there is something that's lost when you know everything going in for sure. This movie is. Like I said at the very, very beginning, actually, I actually think even knowing, and if you've lasted this long with spoilers, it's still worth It's not going to matter. No, dude. Yeah. Because I watched it the second time through, I learned so much more. Yes. It's like if you know, okay, look, guys, spoilers for The Sixth Sense if you haven't seen it. Here it comes. Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. Doesn't matter. That movie's still awesome. Yeah. You know, like, so I found out there's this fucking great, there's this great moment. So at the dad. Adam Arkin takes a bite of the food and he's literally like he's he's, he's ready angry. he's, he's like, ready, ready to, to be like yeah. like all right fine how about this I'll eat your fucking dinner and then I'm gonna call the cops yeah. how about that you know and he t- but he takes a bite and he literally goes like there's like a moment where he's like okay you know this was worth coming down for this is actually pretty good and then he takes another bite and he's like uh oh he's like man that is really good I need some wine grabs the wine and, and Amir when- we know Amir had stressed the wine and that they came home hammered yeah. And he takes a sip of that wine and puts the glass back down and then like it hits him. As he like sips it, puts it down, and he's like, wait, hold on. Picks it back up and he really digs in with his nose. He smells it and he's like, No fucking way. And he takes another like longer drink. Same bottle, brother. And he sets the glass down. And he like wants to keep eating. I can't because this is the dinner that he ate with his wife right before she tried to kill herself and failed you know and it's mm-hmm. like the happiest memory that he has is in that glass and it wrecks him like it's wrecking me right now yeah, man dude. like he fucking fully breaks and we see him just break down this this like hard man who like tried to throw Robin out of his house earlier and he like fucking goes all the way down mm-hmm. to like weeping child he, it's not like a roll he satire. He hides in his office. He leaves the table and hides in another room because he's fucking devastated. He turned into a child and he, ran We watch him slam room. two glasses of scotch to just get the taste of the wine out of his mouth because he can't bear the pain of that memory. And it's the same pain that Nicolas Cage feels when he hears those first he few tapes, strums of yeah. the guitar. And he turns it off because he doesn't want the taste in his mouth anymore. No. And this guy's just slamming scotch to like... Kill the wine because I don't want to think about that anymore. Yep. And Nicolas Cage comes in and the guy goes, Why are you doing this to me? You know? And Nicolas Cage I is like, I just want my fucking pig, man. And then he has to tell him that the pig's been dead the whole time. And again, sound design. Yeah. It's like someone stuffs cotton in your ears. As oh, soon- it's, like, it's like an explosion went off behind you. Everything just goes. You get goes- the like, boop, boop, Yep. Like really muffled as he's like And the pig just couldn't handle the strain And then and then it gets clear And he goes She died And Robin hits the floor yep. 
He goes down, man. It cuts his legs out from under him like he's lost his wife again. Yep. And in a weird way. He kind of has. I mean, it's the whole journey again for him. That and I think in a weird over. way, Fuck. he kind of had to. His search for the pig took him to all the places he used to go and know with his wife. Yeah. And it's this, he the has. The home they shared, the restaurant they had together. In like, a different direction, he has the same problem Amir does, mm-hmm. which is he can't look at it. And when the pig is lost, the way back to the pig or the idea of the pig even says at the end the way back to that is to you have to wade through all the pain yeah. to get to the finish line Face it. so mm. and he goes what do you th-? Amir comes out and he goes what are you thinking and Robin goes I was thinking if I never came looking for her in my head she'd still be alive and Amir says but she wouldn't be and Rob that's when Robin looks up and then looks at him and goes no she wouldn't you just see two dudes come to terms like yep. this this is a movie about two men who can't look back at the at the hope and promise and then look forward again and see the wreckage that is all that remains of that but when they do the do it and just waiting for the wave to crash just waiting for the wave to crash marking time in his cabin in the middle of fucking mm-hmm. nowhere you know not even listening to his this only tape that's ever in his player you know like just just but when they do it when they do that that work when they tear themselves down to zero and confront the things they fear and look at their loss and look at their missteps and look at all that and look at it when they look back Mm -hmm. they find that they can finally move forward again they've been stuck in place for so long afraid to look back Oh God, it's beautiful, man! And that's it. That's it. That's it. He they goes back to the diner. Yeah, where Marge has been dead for ten Marge years. Marge has been dead for ten years. <laughs> they drive there, and they well, have this a- is where we get the final sort of not twist, but when it's like, so you're gonna get another pig? He's like, I never needed the pig, man. Yeah, like, I find the truffles. Yeah, he's like, I guess my best friend. Like, yeah, I'll I'll find you the truffles. Yeah. Like I can find the truffles without the pig, and he and, and we'll walk the rest of the way. Robin goes, I'll walk. Yeah, yeah. He's cause he's gonna walk back out. He's gonna walk back up and out, back into the real world. And I love the next bit where Amir gets into his car because you think it's over, but Amir gets into his car, and he turns on his. And that's why when classical music first broke on the scene, it's blah, 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 blah. And he listens to it for a couple seconds, and then he turns it off and turns the car off and sits in the dark under, like, one of those, uh, like, parking lot, yep. like, lamps. And this, dude, is Alex Wolf, and probably, I mean, look, the light, it's, it's all of it. Yeah. It's all of it. This is such a masterful moment. He gets in his car, and a tear rolls down his cheek, but you don't see it until he leans forward into the street light and then you see that he's crying it looks like he's just sitting there like stoic in the dark of his car reflecting on the moment yep it's not until he leans when he leans forward and you you finally see the the tear and then what we get at the very end is robin has come home again at last Mm -hmm. and he goes to that same stream that we saw in the beginning where he was washing the the pan the pan Mm -hmm. and he washes his face and it's such a what a great little fucking bookend for a chef too. Like the the stream where he washes his pan, where he ate with his pig, he, he washes the blood face. from his face, but he doesn't shave his beard. He does not intrinsically change who he is because he has earned who he, who is. he is. Yep. But he's also earned some peace and to wash off that grime and gore and grit and the 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 accumulated 
flotsam, the the wreckage. Mm -hmm. He washes it all off and can begin clean again. It's like a rebirth, dude. And I said, this is a perfect movie. Perfect. I even stayed for the credits, which is good because after... It's the tape. It's the tape. He plays the tape, (laughs) man. You want to talk about a fucking, like, coming full circle and, like, like... He listens to the fucking the whole tape. We listen to the it's whole tape. It's his birthday. And she's she's <laughs> she playing with a song, a song for him. And I they wouldn't be able to listen to that fucking tape either. No, bro, it's too dude. good. It's like first of all, she got a beautiful voice and yeah. she plays beautifully. But like, this credits are the tape, right? <laughs> this thing that he's lost, and then after the song is done, because it doesn't make it all the way through the credits. When the song ends and the tape clicks off they fade in the sound of the forest and the sound of pigs his pig rooting for truffles and i wrote down and that his pig rooting his forest for truffles is every bit the beautiful love song that we just listened to all over again yep it's perfect dude pig is such a good movie i love it i love you man (laughs) (laughs) oh listener it's been a journey listener this is a really good movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's not often like no, I really bust been, down a whole bunch. A, there's only been a couple of movies where we've both um, it's been been drawn to uh, to tears on the yeah, episode. So yeah, and it's not bad tears, dude. It's like it's one of those things where yeah, it's you like, encounter something so perfect. It's beautiful. It's hard not yeah. to. Like, I imagine you see the Sistine Chapel, you cry because you're like, look, pinnacle human accomplishment. Yeah. You watch Pig and you're like, I can't believe someone made a movie that good. Like, they did it. They yeah. did it. Someone made a movie like, I mean, there's other movies that are this good, but like, fuck. Yeah. If you haven't seen Pig, if you've made it this far, experience what we just experienced talking about it. Go watch this. Go fucking watch this okay. fucking movie. All right, we got to get out of here. We got to go. We got to go. You got rehearsal. I got all sorts of stuff. Here's the deal. We kind of did this like fly by the seat of our pants. I don't have the patron list. We do have two new patrons. What? Yes. Yes. We have two new patrons and here's what I'll do. I'm going to, I'll, we're going to, we have, we'll thank you next time. That's all I've got. Cause we really do have to go, but we have two new patrons. I believe they're both from the wild too. I don't think you or I know either of them. Yes. So well, I think one of them is named David Barda. Like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I don't have the list. But, like, literally, I, I texted Carl and I was like, do you mind if I come over in, like, five minutes and we record? So I don't have all my notes. I don't have all my shit together today. But we got one more Nicolas Cage episode to record. At the top of that episode, we're going to read the full Patreon list. thought Pig was good. Holy shit. Buckle up, Buttercups. Dude, the next movie we're talking about, watch this one, too. Not a cry your eyes out. More like a, oh, my God. It's so much fun. It's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. It's as good as you've heard. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's another one where like no critics are saying anything bad about fucking it. Fucking riot, man. It's a fucking riot. Uh, it's awesome. So, listener, we love you. Thank you so much for your patience. Um, it's been a really long year for me. And as we head into fall, I'm finally back with my friend at our, at the table, at the mics. We're watching excellent movies and crying about yeah. them. <laughs> so, all right. We love you guys. Thank you for bearing with us. Watch Pig. Watch The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Stay tuned. and Make yourself a, make yourself an omelet uh, with a balsamic reduction. I just want to say balls. I, I, lamb testicles is a I'm, I've I've heard it's a, quite a good dish. Honestly, when we babble like this at the end, usually I'll just I'll fade it. I just fade it out, fade it out yeah, so we perfect. can talk about as many balls. <laughs> <laughs>